I want two, three. I want two, three. I want two, I want two, 20, 2022. It's a happy new year, yo. Welcome into the show. We hope you enjoy, but if you gotta go. It's allegedly the new year. Indeed. And that's what this show is about. The message is, be like Bob Ross. Paint happy little trees. Have cool hair. Wear bell bottoms. Double denim if possible. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we hope you are enjoying your new year. This episode is a special one, not too focused on transit. Uh, perhaps we'll look at Prashna to see what relates to the year ahead. Uh, and if you don't know, Prashna is a way of looking at a chart in the moment of a question asked, um, which acts more out of a way of combating spontaneity in uh, your interest into what the universe has to offer you. Um, but we can get down the road to that in a little while. Our episode now is um, sort of a, uh, it's almost like a service disclaimer of how we work as astrologers um i feel inclined to share more about me uh when i have people i give cards to business cards that uh you know they they check into the podcast to hear what it's about whether they know about astrology or not so i try to be um transparent and share not only what actually is the meat of our podcast which is talking about the transits but also simply like the um way in which it's shaped my life and others around me and how i, I hate to use the word enlightening but it has a way of making you um feel uh good about what you're doing um, and we're old school you know we use business cards <laughs> we don't have uh social media so we make it organic um uh, connections with people in real life and i think it inspires us to talk about what we encounter during certain transits like for example um you know right before um christmas i was really thinking about orion's belt and writing a lot about it and then um i went to meet up with my friend at the local artisan christmas market and I had um, encountered a piece of jewelry with an Orion spelt carving on it of the star constellation, which was kind of like what I was manifesting out of my um, meditating on Orion's belt and trying to have something that I can use as a talisman uh, to kind of uh, take me to that energy field. And then... Uh, I found that jeweler, which was really cool. And then he gave me a necklace. And I thought that's even more of a symbol of the whole meditation on Orion's belt. And just that situation, um, I think it, it shows how reality and your maybe 11th house might work. You know, what people like to call manifestation or the house of gains or the house of uh, public relations. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it seems like every every time we 
we study what's happening for the week or the month, boom, there's something that happens that's pretty relatable to uh, what we talk about now, just like that. Um, but kind of where I've gone, um, I've, I found myself studying astrology um, roughly, when was it? 12 years ago now um, but not as intense as or as repetitive as I do now till about five years ago um, when I really started to put the foot down with Vedic astrology it was about three years ago so um, it's sort of just an ongoing science of understanding this stuff um, I, I see a world a whole new universe that could open up for humanity at large um, when it's more properly integrated um, what I mean is that there's so much just gold in understanding astrology. Um, and we're also here to kind of like rub the dirt off the gold that's there as, as an astrologer, because, um, there seems to always be talk now in our civilization of the modern age. Uh, you know, it's cool, but somehow there's a gray line between religions and what astrology is in that to other religions or to other cultures um and what what i like to do is give the bottom line to people um and just simply for me um, i can connect you to the ancient texts of multiple different religions that directly spoke of the stars um, but for me personally i've sort of reached a i guess it's my spiritual nature or the closest thing to religion to me is um you know, connecting on a personal level with God. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean a certain religion has the answers. Where I come from is that there is certainly truths in all of them. And then there's some things that I don't necessarily agree with, you know, but I, I certainly look to find what is good in everything. And I think that's a huge lesson for humanity because we're so diverse. You know, I know great Muslims. I know great Christians. I know great Catholics. I know great Jews. I know bad in all categories as well. Um, so it's time for us to progress further, and we hope we help do that through providing energy in Raven's Nest Vedic Astrology podcast in that direction. Um, but I, in, in, not, in saying this, I also am a believer in the power of prayer or in meditation circles or uh, people chanting out loud, and, and there, there is a you know, there's a force beyond what we can necessarily conceive that is God. And there are ways of invoking, you know, what is uh, the benevolent energies, the, the divine energies. Um, and I think that is something that shouldn't be misconstrued about astrology. Yes, it's occult. Uh, yes, it was, you know, demonized through like 1300s, 1400s by the church at one point. Um but, you know, we are what some may consider going towards a sophisticated uh, nation or world at large, or at least we hope so. Um, and I see a sophisticated world that can tell you the truth about things. Um, and so what is the truth? What is all of this about? Um, well, the knowledge happens to be so deep, though, that... Yes, I can perhaps try and give you a fortune or read your future, 
but I don't even need astrology to show me that. And for me personally, that's not what astrology is about. It is about returning to uh, understanding the present moment at hand. And if, you know, there are sectors of my life that are off balance, I'm going to initiate the agents for change that will cause that to transform to something better. Right. In other words, if I weigh 10 pounds more than I did last week and that doesn't make me feel good, I'm going to do something about it, right? I'm going to maybe run an extra mile in my workout or uh, call a trainer and say, hey, what do you suggest? You know, um, the worst way to allow ourselves to fail is to remain ignorant to our own, you know, shortcomings or our own negative patterns or our own addictions. Um, So it's not us individually as astrologers you know we we may not have complete uh say in how you feel about uh astrology but certainly we agree on trying to make humans better we agree on uh promoting positive change in people's lives and so let us enjoy this episode to share that is how we do this um and so that's just part of a um, mix between my background and how I use this. Um, I also, I work another job. I have to, uh, to remain, you know, in a good place and position in my life where I'm comfortable. Uh, as an astrologer, I f- am inclined to t- have my own life sort of kind of sorted out to be able to give advice, right? Um, and there is what we call like universal principles um, in the hermetic principles. There's seven of them. And one of them is the principle of polarity. And when you look at stuff like hermeticism, it's it only like it only empowers your ability to understand uh, not only yourself, but this stuff as well, such as, um, you know, we take moon being in Capricorn well the, the basically the principle of polarity tells me that in some fashion because the polar opposite of Capricorn is cancer there's still an energy that blends into that axis that activates both sides you know um, and of course polarity is a great one that tells us how the positive manifestations of course are are you know, we can talk about that. But in understanding the dual nature of reality, there's as a negative manifestation, you know. Um, but this sort of is part of what entails understanding everything. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, what you were getting at, too, was when we were talking earlier, you were saying... Um, how do we approach astrology? I think we're approaching it in a rational way where we're applying um, all of the other knowledge that we've gained that can work well and in sync with um, how to give people advice uh, for their mind, their body, and their spirit and understanding what people need to know that is, I would say, crucial and key for them to Uh, be able to successfully accomplish whatever goal it is they have 
uh, for seeking astrological uh, remedies or guidance? Is it because they're, you know, they know they're in their Rahu Dasha or they're in their Mars Dasha or they're in their Venus Dasha or they know they're having a Saturn Antar Dasha, you know, so or they don't. And you tell them, hey, you're under the influence of Saturn. And they kind of already have an awareness of Saturn. So you just give them a little bit more tools and understanding on how to deal with it in whatever way uh, is in harmony with how they can deal with it. If someone wants to read a book about Saturn, you can give them a book about Saturn. If uh, this person's not really uh, the type to read and they like to do, you know, more earthly things, maybe they, you know, you tell them to wear more... Uh, you know, dark blue and black and wear like, you know, black gems and, you know, uh, drive an old car. And it depends on what the person getting a reading is asking for. Correct. You know, um, if someone's like, I've just had spurts of frustration and spurts of anger. And then we look in their chart and there's heavy influence of Aries, like, you know, hot planets and Aries, you know, we may say something like, uh, like that, you know, a remedy that gives them a chance to to combat the metaphysical side of it, you know, and that could be a recommendation of diet or uh, a review. This is and this is why it's a it's essential that I I sort of teach like a lifestyle coach, um, in the sense that. There's plenty of ways to, the saying is skin a cat, you know, we'll figure out what you do need. And it's based on your question alone. And it's not the same for everybody. Right. So you're considering the situation that the person's in and you're uh, giving them a solution to their situation, which is why this is a science, because you're you know, in the scientific method, you have a problem, you use the equation to solve the problem, and the equation is always different depending on what the variables are, and the uh, whatever are the key elements in your uh, scientific experiment. So if you are more inclined to think in a science way, we can give you the scientific explanation. Uh, but if you're more inclined to think in a uh, earthly way then we can tell you hey uh this is probably going to be the best thing for you to do is just stop fighting with your sister or uh buy your mom flowers every friday or something or you know take your dad out and buy him dinner on saturday it could be a simple solution like that and you know you may think like why are they telling me that and if you want to know more, you can always know more. But if you don't, you, you're, you don't have to either. It's where you want to take it. So it is based in understanding where a person's at, how much they're willing to do to change, you know, what it's, what's happening in their life. Um, but there's, there's that side of how, you know, moving forward works and how integration works and getting to know your own chart uh, so within all of this, we, we, we hope to 
elaborate on, um, you know, building a positive future. And it, it can be through studying, you know, diverse subjects, the religions of the world. And I think most people are interested in this stuff already, whether or not they admit it. I think almost anyone you talk to will talk about astrology and will know what an Aries is, what a Sagittarius is, or they may not care about it, but they know what it is. They understand it and they may not know the elements, but if you explain to them, like when you think about Aries, it's this time of the year and they're like, oh, that's the weather at this time. So some people have a relationship to it. It's just, I think being reinvigorated and reconfigured into our society in a way that is going to inform how we handle the future um how we solve our problems and that is a huge up to me for why saturn is so important um because saturn is the planet just like how there are seven hermetic principles there's seven planets so these seven teachers the grahas are teaching us something very important about life and saturn has that um the greater fortune of cause and effect reaping what you sow um and that's it's an interesting world to to talk about because saturn's lord of karma and this is what karma is it's Yes, it's also it's reaping what you sow, but it's also in the act of doing something. Meaning that it's not just the result of something happening. There's a really bad uh, misconstrued notion about, you know, karma. I would say it's a rumor that's that persisted for thousands of years about if karma. If I w walk out my door and slip and fall my butt, oh, that's karma. Or if I go and... Uh, I continuously am late to work and then I finally get fired. Oh, that's karma. Um, there seems to be this idea that we don't have control over karma. Um, and the thing is, it's a little bit of both in reality because karma does work in mysterious ways. Um, but there seems to be a restricting notion to how it all plays out. And it doesn't necessarily work like that. Um, and this is how you take the power back into your own hands to change what you want in your life. Um, because after that rough Saturn, Saturn transit, after the Lord of Karma transits your, uh, you know, your fourth house or something, and, you know, bad, certain things happen in the house of, you know, your home or your mother and all these things uh, finally get to you, you realize some of it was your own doing. And that can be a tough pill to swallow. But in the act of what Shawnee is trying to tell us, it's the hard knock life lesson. Shawnee says, well, you didn't do this right. So now you got to redo it again. Or um, Shawnee, Shawnee just simply is telling you how to become more disciplined, more consistent, more um, driven towards the world at large and how you can almost submit your ego and still completely okay about the future. Yeah, I think uh, I'm looking at a prashna I did for 2022, what the Tibetans call Losar or Lunar New Year. 
which uh, personally I've been celebrating for uh, a few years now. Like, I don't want to say religiously, but I celebrate it every year and by doing some kind of ceremony with my community. And this year is going to be the first time I'm doing it myself. But when I look at Saturn, where it's at right now, it's in its own sign. It's in Dinishta, which I feel like when I think about Dinishta, it reminds me a lot of these Buddhist shamanic dancers. And that is a, an image for me of this year is going to be that shamanic Buddhist dancer. Um, and we are all that one, uh, one image in that representation because when I look at this prashna mercury is there it's saturn mercury mars pluto and venus all together in the original ninth house and that tells you when I look at that I see that it's people that are you know children old people soldiers women and people that work in you know, maybe the underground or the underworld or, you know, some kind of profession that's in that realm is going to be participating in this kind of spiritual uh, quest. Yeah, that's a side of understanding Saturn, too. That's not necessarily widely understood, even in the East. You know, um, there seems to still be it's almost like karma is uh has a way of restricting people just as much as the idea of uh sin in in western religions um and i'm not dogging either um there seems to be something to it i agree i think that you know we are imperfect people uh but i don't necessarily believe there is like a um impending doom or like I don't I don't know I never yeah. liked the idea of original sin. Uh, I just feel like it's a it's a bad vibe to carry around and tell somebody that they will always be a sinner because it's a heavy burden. To me, that's a a very bad uh, Saturn. Yeah, and this is why it relates to karma because if a Eastern person is you know in the in the West, I can explain it like this if. A certain level of explaining sin and how imperfection exists can cause someone to have psychological problems about around guilt or shame, and that fear is um, what I would consider uh, detrimental sometimes to the lifestyles one goes on to live as they grow older. Um, but in the East now, you have ideas such as karma playing out on the scale of multiple lives. You have karma playing out to the point where um, you know, you're, you're seeing that now I understand why I went through crap in my twenties or, you know, I had to go through this experience in order to grow and evolve. So there's, there seems to be a little more awareness of the past, present, future, and how we continue to grow. Um, but Another thing that we were talking about earlier was uh, sacred circles. And I know that can sound cheesy, but there are versions of that which are not. And I think when you put your whole uh, being into it and you find a circle to sit in for a healing purpose, uh, if you get uh, 
you know, like pulled into that direction. Uh, I think it could be very healing for people this year, especially when I uh, look at this chart for 2022 Lunar New Year. The Ascendant is Murgashira and Rahu is there, but it's in the nakshatra of Kritika. So it's like this person is pursuing uh, spiritual and um, mental liberation with a group of people um, maybe somewhere in nature and then Jupiter being in you know close proximity with the sun it's like you're sitting in a group of people on a spiritual quest because the sun is in Shatabishak it's all those elements together. Shatta Bishak and Mrigashira are both spiritual nakshatras where there is some kind of sacred drink. You know, in church there's a sacred drink and other rituals are sacred drinks. Uh, and you sit in a circle and you all commune and change your energy field essentially, right? And that's what we, at least I aim to do with the study of Vedic astrology and Ayurveda and meditation and you know even your exercise regimen it's a purification ritual right that's your Mars energy and something definitely I enjoy uh, doing <clears throat> but yes uh, there's all sorts of ways that sort of promote healthy balanced lifestyle and that's kind of where we go with this podcast. Um, so, yeah. good. so uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about solar mysticism is the, I guess, what would you call these? The four tenets of um, motivation for life. Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. Uh, it's sort of like the spiritual compass if, if I'm going to put it into my own uh, approach the, the the idea of Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha is essentially um, the guiding factors in our lives that push us towards some type of what I think is liberation um, and it's also sort of how we um it's the factors in our lives, the, the forces in our life that promote things such as, you know, people going on spiritual quest. One may feel that it is their dharma. It is their role to play in society to become a fireman. You know, little Johnny was so uh, his dream one morning he woke up and he had never lost sight of becoming the world's best uh you know, Japanese cuisine chef. Or uh, the, uh, and then Artha is simply like a, it's where I find resourcefulness come into play. Um, much more of an earthy sense comes out. Um, Artha can tell you that where will someone find their stability in life? Could it be through being a 
a farm worker, they've developed a strong sense of sustenance. Um, whereas someone finding firm ground in their life, uh, and, and a lot of times Arta can tell you someone's job. Um, yeah, and it could be, you know, it doesn't mean that like the only people that are getting astrology readings are women, right? It it could mean that it's somebody that you are friends with that needs some kind of counseling and they are a welder and you can see that in their chart. They probably have Mars in a fiery sign, right? Or maybe Mars and Saturn together because Saturn is iron. So maybe this person is an iron worker in their Mars dasha. You can, and that's the beauty of astrology. It can be applied to different people. And, you know, some people may not be interested in learning about their chart. But if you come into contact with them, a good way to understand astrology and why you may be connecting with these people is you can look at their birth chart and see what what they're all about like do a quick analysis of some important planets and use it as a case study right so you can learn more about why do i keep running into rahu and mars dasha people or why do i know so many kritikas is it because i have an opposite nakshatra to that person in my moon placement you never know it's possible and that could be why you're earning your money as an astrologer because you're asking all these questions <laughs> so we've got dharma and artha what about the next one comma being desire uh one's hopes and wishes from where i see it uh sort of an illusory uh sort of guiding factor out of the four comma can be what actually drives though you to fulfilling certain dreams of your own um, being the original third seventh and eleventh it, they, those are the air signs so one deals with a lot with relationships interpersonal relationships communicating connecting with people of all walks of life uh, comma has a way of kind of being like the glue to the other three I believe moksha now is the liberate liberating force liberating as in you leave this plane you go in you know in vedic astrology you may ascend to a another um life you know i i certainly don't have the answers to where people go at the time of passing um but i i do believe it's a ongoing cycle you know there's a and this is what the Dharma Artha Kama Moksha is. Uh, it, it's telling you the four steps of life. You know, first you're born and you're a fiery, fiery kid out of the womb. The second step is you going through the stability, the Artha, the sustaining resources. You learning what is good for you and what's not. Kama is sort of like, you know, when you're 25 and your eyes are open to the big city lights. And you start to find out, you know, ooh, there's all this stuff outside. Not all of it's good for me. Um, I'm going to go achieve my master's or I'm going to go to the big city and be an actor. Uh, 
this is also comma or maybe comma makes you say "Ooh, i don't want to do that i'm going to go to the tennessee foothills and be in the mountains and uh yeah and then that leads to moksha you know maybe moksha is and it occurs for all people at different stages of life moksha is like what I just kind of explained, man, I did the acting thing for years. I was in a big city and then Moksha says, dang, I just want peace and quiet and a little bit of peace of mind. So you detach from all of those things. You detach from the material realm. Moksha is like your own personal dreamland. Moksha is where uh, the original 12th house is a Moksha house, knowing that this is where transformation happens. Um, even, you know, someone passing on is the 12th house. So yes, the four Dharma are the common mokshas or these four, I call them pillars are essential to understanding a chart and, um, they hold significantly deep value when we give a reading and you begin to see what your Dharma is or what your Artha is. I think also as as this year progresses, people are going to see that they have more power than they thought. And that's the reinvigoration of the uh, K2 placement, I believe, uh, being in moving into uh, a place where you are searching for that liberation, but you also find that uh, through your search, you find your strengths and your weaknesses and you acknowledge them. And because we've uh, had some, you know, uh, 15 days to slow the spread, the longest 15 days of my life, um, I think the appreciation of time and uh, space and our placement at this time with the technology and tools that we have is... Uh, proven to be uh showing that the grahas are in our favor right now uh if we were in the previous yuga we might not have the ability to uh understand what karmas are because we didn't have all of these uh spiritual masters come through till now i think a lot of them have touched down on this planet and left their teachings and now that we're in the kali yuga we have to understand this or uh you know get wrapped up in more samsara yeah and samsara is like getting caught up in drama essentially the hamster wheel the hamster wheel uh so there's a deep lesson behind repetitious actions cycles um different phases of our lives this stuff is seen in astrology Okay, yeah, you, you're going through Mercury Dasha right now. You're young and you don't care that much. You're, you're, you want to go meet people and travel to different places. And then when, you know, the next Dasha after that kicks in, you start to experience another phase of your life. Um, so, it's, and there seems to be some significance to the number four because, um, not only is it like a spiritual compass, there are also four directions for the actual compass. Uh, there, are, there are also four seasons. Um, so, and, and so this understanding 
cycles becomes pretty much what it's and this is all about um just like a farmer's studying the cycles but he's studying it so he could have better crops we're studying it so that perhaps we can live a better life um so this was a a bit of a unique episode where we kind of just go off on um how it all seems to be relative to our universe and to your universe and to all the universes that collide together uh we we piece this together in a way that hopefully makes um a little bit more of a connection between the audience we have and uh, us too. So just to kind of make it into a very easy to remember, uh, you know, sentence, Dharma is finding your purpose in life. Artha is creating and generating your own material well-being through like your income. Kama is balancing uh, the fulfillment of your desires and moksha is freedom from worldly suffering so those are all experiences that we have uh, as humans and that we all share and where are those houses in your chart and what planets are there are um, going to be very unique for each person so through the study of astrology uh, perhaps we can help you and help each other understand where each of these things are in our charts and how we can use them to make society a better place in 2022. So with that, I think that's going to wrap up our episode. And to end the episode, I want to do a chant to Lord Ganesha to help us remove the obstacles in 2022. Om Vakratunda Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvigyanam Gurumadeva Sarva Karyeshu Sarvada O Lord, with a twisted trunk and a mighty body, one whose brilliance is equivalent to the brightness of ten million suns. My Lord, always make my endeavors free of obstacles. Om Ganapatiye Namaha.